0: Uh, So did you guys figure out what you want to be dressed as for Halloween?
1: You know, I don't know that I would say I've got uh, my own costume figured out. I mean, Halloween is happening on a Monday this year and, you know, my son's 11 months old, so it's not exactly like I'm planning on hitting some hot Halloween parties over the weekend, but... What we have had a blast picking out is it is his first Halloween, obviously. So that's right. His uh, birthday is in
0: November, right? So uh-huh. so will... we,
1: we we enjoyed finding his first costume. He is going to be a hedgehog.
0: I um, love it. Yeah, I love it.
1: So that's a great one. Um, how about you all?
0: Um, just like your family, uh, our costumes are centered around our children. <laughs> um, yeah, my oldest daughter is going to be. An owl. I'm a super big fan of the kids' costumes for toddlers that are like a cute little he- like head and then that just kind of builds out in this like giant little belly and they kind of wander around. Um, so like she was an ewok last year and it was fucking adorable. Um and then <laughs> so she's gonna be an owl, and we talked about maybe like making our younger other our, our she's an infant, like another bird, and then like I might be a tree or something, but I said no let's make Helena be that's our that's our two-year-old a um Hedwig (laughs) and then I'll be Harry Potter Sarah can be Hermione and we're making our youngest daughter uh we're putting a little like um ginger cap on and and she's going to be Ron Weasley
1: (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say Dobby
0: (laughs) that would be good Um, too yeah I don't know. I think we'll be fine. This is like the third time I've been Harry Potter. I already, I already got the tie. I got the wand. I have a scarf. It's easy to do.
1: You can do a scarf. It's too yeah. easy. Yeah. I'm I just had that. to buy some glasses. Some there you boat. go. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're all set. Well, I hope everybody else is picking out their Halloween costumes and getting prepped because it is the season. Should we jump in?
0: Oh, boy. Here we go. Let's do it.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the FX hit show, and should we be saying Hulu hit show now, Chris? American Horror Story. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host.
0: Chris Houston. What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Season 11, NYC.
1: Here we are. Well, welcome back. Uh, season 11, that's right, NYC, AHS, NYC. Uh, we just watched... Um, both episodes one and two of the new season of American horror story. It seems as if they will be releasing back-to-back episodes in a five-week sprint. So it is my time twelve forty-five AM on was Wednesday night is now Thursday. Um, and this is just how we're going to do it folks. Uh, we, we are going to be releasing the episode in two separate episodes. So that way if people are, uh, you know, listening later on in the future, uh on demand they can split it up and they won't have to you know listen to spoilers or they won't have to like pause halfway through the podcast go watch episode two and come back right so we're trying to you know a little think through a little user experience here but um we'll be dropping both both uh, both episodes in the feed at like probably the same time um at least we're going to try to do that most weeks i think uh you know it seems like the you know, the creators of american Horror Story clearly weren't thinking about how they can best facilitate this American Horror Story podcast. That's what I can say about this season, Chris. <laughs>
0: That's true. Uh, why weren't they thinking about us? Uh, you and I have talked about this a bit. Um, if, y- if you're seeing this podcast in your feed and you're surprised that the season has started, you're not alone. A lot of people were very surprised that the season just kind of dropped out of nor- nowhere. We didn't know the uh, release date or the launch date until only like two or three weeks ago, I feel like. Um, and... Um, from what it seems social media-wise, the buzz, a lot of people are in the same boat as us and didn't know uh, it was happening so quickly. Or some people didn't even know it's happening right now. Surprise. Uh, they should call it as American Horror Story. Say.
1: See, see, secret. Yeah. <laughs> it's American Horror Story Secret. And also, it's a season about secrets. So it's <laughs> secret secrets, you know? Uh, well, we are thrilled to have you all here with us for another season of American Horror Story, even if we're going to kind of push through it pretty quickly over the next month and change uh there's a lot to talk about we're gonna go through and dive into the episodes pretty quickly um for those of us who are new to american horror story thanks so much for joining us for those who have been long-time listeners welcome back best fans we out are there. yeah we're you know we're a bit of a community out here um we are just having conversations about the episodes as fans of the show we always invite comments theories all those good things on our F- facebook page at facebook.com slash american horror story um, where you can also message us or via email at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com. Um, also, you know, we encourage you to rate us and review us on whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And Chris and I are trying something new this season. We'll see how it goes. Chris, do you want to fill everybody in?
0: We're, we're recording video on this one. Also, I just realized I didn't, I'm not sure if I set the settings correct. So we would both show up. I hope the recording isn't the type of recording where one voice, like it's, someone's face and then when the other person speaks it's just their face i hope it's both of us in your squares at the same time
1: oh i hope it's you the whole time no. I... god no <laughs> so if you want a real horror story you can stream our oh. video on youtube um so that's an exciting new development and we'll see how it goes um let us know what you think. <laughs>
0: um
1: and if we don't hear anything, we don't see any views, then we'll we tried. it's not worth the effort. But hey, you know, we've tried new things around here. Um appreciate yeah, y'all reaching out. And then finally, before we dive into episode one, which is called Something's Coming, um I wanted to say you can also support us. Uh, you know, we just do this at podcast for fun and we pay our server fees out of pocket which can be pretty spendy for month to month sometimes. So if you're interested in, you know, throwing a couple bucks our way, um, you can donate to our podcast at buymeacoffee.com slash T-A-H-S. That's all caps T-A-H-S. And we sincerely appreciate whatever you can give. It means a lot. Um, and if you can't or, you know, that's not a big deal at all. We're just pleased to have you here. Um, I do want to thank Mark and Michelle, who both sent us uh, some background material on this season over email oh. before this started. So Ooh. that was great. Um, A lot of stuff around um, Son of Sam, the season of Sam, Sons of Sam, which is apparently a cult. Uh, I don't know. We have a character named Sam. I don't know how much we actually have the real Son Mm. of Sam or if they're going to show up or not. But there's some exciting stuff to talk about. Shall we begin with episode one? Something's coming. Yeah, let's do it. Before we dive in, Chris, what are you drinking this evening?
0: I went with our old classic standby. I have a nice local cider heated up. With some Four Roses bourbon dipped in there. Uh, probably like two shots of it. What do you got?
1: You know, you can't start a American Horror <laughs> Story season without a cider, but mine is always uh, on ice. So They're both
0: good. I mean, it's chilly here. I'm sure it's chilly there, but, you know,
1: cider and bourbon, you can't go wrong. Cheers to that, my friend. Cheers. So, that being said, will you talk us through the cold open? Oh. Thing, opening yeah i 1981 please. surprise there is no cold open
0: the entire thing goes uh without um <laughs> a break for uh, i think it was like 15 minutes um was the yeah. open so i'm not going to go through the whole thing i know and not, I, I, yeah that's no, what i was going to ask is should we even
1: treat it as, should we even treat it as a cold open it was i mean the whole episode it, it was, was it was a cold episode
0: you know? yeah <laughs> yeah Um, but uh, but the opening sequence, I can go through that really quickly, which traditionally probably would have been the cold open and then the other episode. Um, so we're in New York City. Uh, there's a cab, the yellow cab, very iconic. Uh, We have a captain and a few flight attendants arriving at a hotel. uh, Captain probably from a um, you know, um, I don't even know what was around in the eighties, but uh, commercial. I know I was gonna say Pan Am, but Pan Am was like way before that. Um, oh, yeah, it might have
1: been an that's like sixties.
0: Um. Uh. Anyway, they they arrive at the hotel for the night before they probably have west
1: their- <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> something like that.
0: Anyway, um. Continue. Anyway, they're they're doing what they do. Uh, they go to the hotel, they get some drinks. Um, and then the captain runs into one of the uh, flight attendants in the hallway. So and he says he's not going to go party, but she's like, "You can come party with me." He says he's married. And shows him uh, her his ring, and she's like, "Funny thing about these is they come off," uh, which is pretty funny. Uh, and he says, "His does not come off." Also, we get a title card in the middle of this at some point that says New York City, 1981. Um, and he goes back to his room. Um, she feels, you know, she goes back to her room a little annoyed. Uh, and he opens up his suitcase, and he just starts pulling out some leather. Uh, he straps on some leather and heads to this warehouse where it's like, it seems like this kind of like leather BDSM hangout warehouse with other men who are like hooking up. Um, and then he kind of wanders around looking for a certain location perhaps. And we see him kind of find this corner area and looming behind him is this kind of tall, Intimidating figure in a in a leather mask on, and then we cut to the next morning. Well, he also like unzips his pants. But then we cut to the next morning, and the police are showing up to investigate a body that was found, and they find what seems to be this man's body, um headless. The corpse, uh, who who presumed to be the captain, is headless, no ID, but they find this brownstone matchbook. I think it was a matchbook. Which one of the guys calls the fruit stand, which is the first of many derogatory terms that we're going to get in this nineteen eighties version of um, the gay community in New York City. Yeah, Um, they they
1: also make a distasteful joke about head. It um, it was distasteful, but like like you
0: know it's morbid humor, kind of. Also, even it's distasteful because he's gay, but it's also like a very morbid like cop
1: like it would know right it might be yeah. something like maybe iced tea Ice tea would say whatever that uh <laughs> show he's on or something like yeah that.
0: Um uh, that's kind of generally the, the the big sequence
1: that we get in the opening though the first murder totally um and we get introduced to detective patrick i don't know that we know his yep. last name um we'll call him detective patrick for now uh Reed, played I by Patrick Reed okay and it's played by uh, British actor Russell Toby, who is someone who we're really excited yeah. to have join the season and um, clearly we have a couple of newcomers taking pretty lead roles this season so actually a few so I'm excited to talk about that with you at the end of this episode but uh, that kind of opening scene is blended with some business that's happening in a laboratory um, we see Billy Lord as I think, uh, her character's name is Hannah. Um, I, mm-hmm. that was the first name, at least in kind of the character promos. I, I don't remember what the last name is. I might have it somewhere deeper in here, but she's a doctor, a research. Well, doctor, I think it's Wells, but also has a clinic. Okay. Hannah Wells. Um, cause I tried to look and see if there was, uh, somebody associated with that name who like mm. was discovering things about HIV, but for, like my rudimentary searches before we started here at 1245, I didn't find anything. Yeah. Um, but Dr. Hannah Re or No Wells is looking at a virus, which I believe you know we're presuming to be uh, the HIV epidemic starting to kind of take hold um, on on an island. And do we know what the island is? It, Fire Island. It is Fire Island. Yeah, I don't know yeah, yeah, I yeah. Knew for sure that's where it started. Okay. Yeah. So on Fire Island, where she finds samples of this disease in the bodies of of deer. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to ask you a question before we dive into the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. This this kind of side, I don't know what we call it, like parallel story is kind of interesting because there's a small part in, oh, I think it might be episode two that we'll get to, where it kind of connects with all the other characters. But for the most part, Billy Lord's kind of off doing her own thing right now. Um, how'd you feel about that? Yeah, w- the
0: episode one, we pretty much meet almost all of our main characters and all of their stories and what's going on. So it feels a little disconnected, but you know that it's eventually they're going to come together and find, you know, they're going to, they're going to, the narratives are going to, the threads are going to wind up and intertwined with each other. Um, I thought it was fine. To be honest, it was kind of like my least favorite um, part of the whole first episode, just because, the tone of the serial killer is more of like a detective noir tone to it and uh noir
1: that's the way that came to me too absolutely
0: yeah and then the the science of what's happening on at fire island with the deer feels like a very different story um kind of sometimes like we get an american horror story you know here's here's some pol- like pol- politics here's a asylum and then oh yeah here's aliens too which Doesn't always work together. Um, Obviously, we know what the uh, connotation is here with the parallels of um, the AIDS, HIV epidemic and what's going on on Fire Island and how that's sort of going to connect, especially in the 80s to the 90s. Um, But right now, just as watching as an American Horror Story, I don't know. I felt I don't know. It was all right. I was happy to see Billy Lord for sure. But um, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Let's let's see what happens. Yeah.
1: It does seem kind of like it's off on its own thing. I'm hoping we'll see, like, continue to tie in more and more. I anticipate we will. It'll be like a a Game of Thrones situation where Billy Lord is up at the wall and eventually she's going to (laughs) come down and be part of everything else, you know. Um, But we're not there. Well, it's only like a little bit there right now. Um, But moving into, I guess, what we'll call more the meat of the story, uh, we open on uh, Gino's newspaper office. He works at a newspaper called the New York native, which is a real newspaper or was a real newspaper. Uh, did you have, were you aware of the native? I wasn't. until I heard
0: I, about I it. was not. You're giving me new information. Was it a, a gay publication?
1: It was the New York native was a biweekly gay newspaper published by Charles Ortlub, awesome. Um from 19, from December 1980. So like it only had been around for a short time. Uh, Cause remember we're in summer 81. So it'd mm-hmm. been like what six months until uh, 1997 it was the only gay paper in New York City during the early parts of the AIDS pandemic and pioneered reporting on AIDS when most others ignored it. And the paper subsequently became known for attacking the scientific understanding of HIV as the cause of AIDS and endorsing HIV slash AIDS denialism. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. Um, yeah. Obviously. And um, we we have Gino who's played by uh, I always forget how to, which last Joe Mantello? Mm-hmm. yeah, Joe Mantello. Um, another newcomer to American Horror Story uh, who is getting a complaint lodged to him by a group of gay women who it seems are displeased that the newspaper is only only really covering men, right? Uh, we see them show up a couple of times and among those is Sandra Bernard. And so we meet a couple of our um, characters here pretty quick. It's not quite clear to me how Sandra Bernard fits into this story quite yet because we end up seeing her connect with that uh, Billy Lord storyline a little bit later. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's an episode two But we'll, sorry, I'm teasing things. I, this is I know. The, yeah, This only like episode one. What are you now. doing? <laughs> uh, I gotta, I gotta erase my memory. Right. Yep. But anyway, Gino gives some more context about the newspaper and the fact that you know he's a gay man writing about issues that affect gay men, and is specifically his focus is about how they're being hunted and killed throughout the city. So we're getting that context very early on that he pushes through um, obviously, especially after, you know, the sequence of events of what happens to him. Uh, we also learn that Gino is in a relationship with Patrick. Um, and we begin to source the tension between them real quickly here because, you know, Patrick is a cop, Gino is a journalist, which inherently there speaking for, for me as you and I being on, having been on that journalist side mm-hmm. would be a really tough relationship as, you know, Patrick is unearthing things that Gina, and, you know, they're having these candid conversations about what's going on and Gino isn't allowed to publish them. Yep. Um, or if he did publish them, you know, it would get Patrick in really big trouble if it was trapped. Right. right. But there's a lot of talk too about how prejudiced and corrupt the crop, excuse me, how prejudiced and corrupt the cops are in New York city. I think we see this played pretty clearly, you know, in this scene, uh, well in a number of scenes, but also in the comments they make, um, and this tension gets extended. Um, I, th- I think, you know, we're supposed to feel like it's a pretty in. I don't know that we get a set amount of time that Gino and Patrick have been together, but the sense is that it's not been too long because, as we know, Patrick is only now just proceeding with divorce papers with his ex-wife. Right. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of, you know, initially their relationship seems you know there there's tension there for sure I, I mean it's american Horror story there's have we ever seen a good relationship there's always some drama going on in our main characters and sure enough that's happening here um but i do get a good read uh of of love between the two of them um and i mean i think it, it, the, the biggest part is the the two actors are really selling it uh it's not too campy even it just feels like a good fx drama at this point authentic. yeah yeah and i yeah. i, I kind of liked it is that authentic. you know he, yeah, he, a, too. a big um thing that this first episode has going for in the whole season so far i think is that the actors because so many of them are unfamiliar and all the familiar ones are kind of relegated not relegated but are in more bit parts or like smaller parts with the exception of maybe billy lord who's kind of you know
1: it's just it's and nice because it, it's got like kind of a re- kind of.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. And he's still kind of peripheral. Like he he doesn't pop in until yes. a little bit later in this episode. But the main people that were following, like the journalist, um, the cop, and then our um, Charlie Carver character, Adam. Adam. Uh, they're yeah. they're kind of fresh new faces, and it just it's nice because it kind of resets you in the American Horror Story universe with not a familiar face. Like oh here, even though we love those people, so it's just interesting, and I've I've enjoyed I'm enjoying that so far in this episode.
1: It is, it is, and I'll be and we'll, I'll, I want am excited to reflect on this episode with you at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, here the other thing that Gino says too is that you know he didn't he didn't want to have to go back into the closet for Patrick, and so that's where we also get this additional tension where you know, because of his job, Patrick feels like he can't be, even though he's obviously come out enough to leave his wife. uh, He hasn't come out at work among these really prejudiced cops. And that really bothers Gino. It's I wonder too, like, I mean,
0: Gino, Gino's my favorite character so far um, in this whole season, but I I feel like I'm curious if that is unfair to ask someone in 1981 (laughs) in the police department, um to do that that that's huge especially in a you know frankly notoriously racist police department um you know that and, and homophobic that you know that's just uh, to that's a big ask of someone it's, it's tough it's yeah. a tough
1: situation because at the same time you know like you know has a point where like you know our yes. community is dying and you're not doing enough about it yeah um and you could like be a real advocate if you showed your true true self you know right um so yeah it's not there's not an easy answer to it um anyway so we we get kind of that lowdown on their relationship the tension there and soon after is when we meet adam who's just uh come out of a really tough breakup it sounds like adam's (laughs) played by charlie carver
0: young guy um and his his roommate who who kind of teases him about it's like i just liked him because of his accent so you know he's in his 20s it seems and we don't know how serious the relationship was, but he was definitely um, struck in his heart with this with this paramour.
1: Yeah, I think he might have said he's in love. He was in love at some point, so he he has stronger feelings. And his life. I mean, you can, he has a conversation later with Theo where it's like clearly he's looking for more authentic connection, right? Episode two, back it uh, up. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I I imagine he might have a conversation with Theo about this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Who's Theo? We don't even know who that is yet. <laughs> <laughs> He's in episode one. Um, you know his friend Sully wants him to get out of the house, cheer him up, go out and in, in experience life. But uh, he takes him to Central. It's Central Park, right, where this is taking place. Yeah, uh, yeah that's what I'm assuming. Um, where really they're just kind of cruising for hookups. Uh, Adam's not interested in this, but Sully clearly is. Finds a guy. They kind of go into you know the dark of the park. Um, everyone else leaves, and Adam's just kind of there in the mist on a bench by himself um which is pretty creepy when all of a sudden uh a kind of like Bane from batman looking dude which i mean the guy that we saw not too clearly in the warehouse yeah uh, leather mask and everything super buff comes is like standing in the mist um and i mean clearly adam feels threatened and runs for it Uh, he calls for Sully. Sully runs to go find him and disappears uh, I thought he was just going to get killed right then and there, but he no, so he disappears. Yeah, so he's, he's MIA. Mm-hmm. Adam goes to the NYPD, describes the uh, Leatherman, which is we you know we learned as a term um, that comes from this era, which obviously we all know as American Horror Story fans very well. From uh, I mean, it, Rubber it was Rubber Man, was Rubber Man in season one, but there's clearly yeah. some uh, parallels there.
0: In my notes, I kept calling him Leather Daddy. Because that's
1: also kind of what my reference point would be. I Big, yeah, Big Daddy Leatherman. I mean, yeah, there's a yeah. couple different names for him here. It's a very um,
0: common thing we all know these days, but what back in then, back in 1981, it probably wasn't as, or it was
1: just coming into its own. Hmm. Um. But of course, Adam is interfacing with Patrick and is is like openly pissed at Patrick for not caring more about this, about at this point knowing that Patrick is also gay. And so there's obviously some irony happening there as Adam kind of yells at Patrick for not doing that for the gay community. yeah. Um, And then, you know, Patrick does, to his credit, try to get some internal investigation going on, and he wants to leave the story to the media, actually, about um, the recent killings. But our chief of police, played by Cal Penn, uh, Chief Mac Marzara, I believe, basically says he doesn't think it's a pattern and, and doesn't want him to link it just yet um what did you think of cal penn's performance <laughs> it's
0: it reminds me of um a police chief you would see in a marvel movie uh or a marvel tv uh, show more so uh i it was funny uh, it, was, it was good to see him he, i don't yeah he looks a little different <laughs> looks a little older um i <laughs> know i mean that in a disparaging way i thought his yeah he's just i don't know he's grown up and now he can play like a police chief because he's he's cool i don't know i like him it was fun yeah yeah, what did you think? It's like
1: Harold and Kumar go to the New York City Police Department. I, I um, was like
0: thinking the entire time, is he stoned? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh I thought that his New York accent was kind of funny. I don't know that I am really? it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll, we'll, see, we'll see over time if I buy it. I don't know that I buy it yet. Um, but yeah, so you know, so so but police chief Marzara is is among the kind of more prejudiced club of cops, at least at this point. Um so he's not ready to bring out the um you know t- to start any investigation patrick kind of gets blocked in that avenue uh, meanwhile at the neptune bathhouse which i just want to say that this bar looks pretty sweet that it's got like these steam rooms and a pool and somebody singing and like this so bar.
0: yeah i've never i've never been to a bathhouse but that looked fun <laughs> like you have a yeah. singer and you can hang out in the pools and then there's a bar like you said and like and then you can go hook up in the back in the back. That sounds like pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've got some uh, O C D level oh, yeah, it would be, issues oh, with that so, so very that good. Piece point. Of it, that piece of it, like going the steam rooms. I'm like, I don't know that I would love to go to the steam rooms, but the bar itself looked really cool with the pool there and everything like that. So you know, um it's like a mini indoor Vegas situation. Yeah, yeah. Um but we get a little bit of Patty LuPone who, who's Kathy yeah. whose character's name is Kathy. I'm not sure based who's, on this if she will just be a kind of a a singer. Uh, I don't know.
0: Patty LuPone who's just been hired to sing a song or two every episode in the background.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's not, it sounds good. <laughs> it
0: did sound it just she was singing, singing fever, which was a great song.
1: Yeah. Um and that's when Adam notices behind the bar a photo of Uh, the leather leather bound leather man. Um and and basically he's asking who took these photos. And that's when we get directed to Theo Graves, photographer Theo Graves, who's played by Isaac Powell, who Mm -hmm. people will remember from Death Valley, uh, last season American Horror Story. Yeah. Um, overhearing Adam, Gino, who's also at the bathhouse, approaches him to give his phone number in case you know he ever wants to come tell the story. Um, and you know, have paper I guess help amplify the message which Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, so so we have to remember that yeah Adam has Gina's phone number at this point in time uh Adam goes the next day or sometime soon to visit Theo's photo studio in person because Theo after this point had wandered off with somebody into a steam room um and this is when Theo's assistant first like prompts Adam to do coke but I think he says it makes him shit his pants (laughs) yeah Uh, This is the first of much coke that we see throughout these first two episodes.
0: Very 80s.
1: Piles of it everywhere, especially uh, in the vicinity of Sam, who we'll meet in a few minutes. Uh, But Adam goes in to ask Theo questions about the guy in the leather mask. Um, We learn a little bit about Theo's art. Uh, He says some things like, you know, he likes to expose the perverted in what everybody else sees as beautiful. Uh, And allows Adam to ask him some questions as long as he agrees to be photographed while doing it. Makes him take his shirt off, all that kind of stuff. Very pervy. Mm -hmm. So Theo describes this muscle guy as somebody named big daddy, who he he says he doesn't know the real identity of and hasn't seen in years, but he gives Adam a little bit of a lead there Uh, soon after. I don't remember if Adam was still there, but I think it's after Adam leaves. Adam kind
0: of gets shooed away. He's like, yeah. hey, put your shirt on.
1: Yeah, and that right, and that's when Theo's boyfriend shows up, who we who is played by Zachary Quinto. We learn his name is Sam, and we learn, and I was a little confused about this at first, but I think we pretty quickly get the vibe that he basically wants Theo to be shooting Horn. like. Dirty, yeah, porn like dirtier stuff. Who he sells to it sounds like pretty high dollar clients.
0: Right, right. We see it later in I don't know if it's this episode. Oh,
1: with the stool with the stool thing. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, he he he. Essentially, we get the the gist of their relationship, which is they're boyfriends. But he's Sam is also supporting Theo, and he needs him to shoot more of these, porny um photo shoots so he can sell those uh, but Theo has an artist's heart and he gets pulled away and he wants to do more of what he was kind of explaining earlier to uh, to Adam
1: right um and then of course they keep hitting a giant pile of coke on the table as they're talking through this scene
0: but <laughs> a lot and this is the first week, I
1: mean I think Theo talks about a coming darkness and this is kind of I mean we get this message a lot in these first two episodes about some kind of coming darkness yeah. something coming for yeah you. Um, you know, we revisit Gino and Patrick back at their condo where Patrick sort of offers a weed piece pipe to Gino, uh, and explains the fact that he, while he can't, you know, leak the story because the, you know, CalPen won't allow it. He can ask, Gino some questions. Um, and he asks him, he asks him about kind of the handkerchief traditions, right? Like what the difference is. And this is because we should, we should backtrack and say, they find the head, um, I, I think we forgot to mention this at the beginning, they find the head of the, um, I guess, the airline pilot yeah. who was beheaded, and it had, he had a like a bandana um, shoved into his his throat. And so that's partly why this is a, a detail of the investigation. So Gino walks him through what like the different code is with all the different bandanas, and we learn that the dark blue one that was shoved down the uh, airline pilot's throat uh, is is for anal. Um, since Patrick can't investigate the case actively, he kind of sends Gino out to investigate by proxy at the, was it called the Brownstone? the mm-hmm. That other bar. That, yeah. mm-hmm. Um So Gino's going to the Brownstone while Patrick goes to meet Barb, uh, who is played by Leslie... Grossman, one of our uh, who, longstanding, who is in her
0: yeah, who's in her second uh, marriage with a gay man. Yes, that's in right. The American has in the American Horror Story universe.
1: That's well, she's not in a marriage; she's on her way out of a marriage. As that's true. <laughs> uh, he has met her to have her just sign divorce papers. Um, and we get a little glimpse into the relationship. I mean, obviously, your... we know this was relatively recent. Uh, what were you going to ask?
0: I'd say, what's your vibe on her character so far in this? Um, she's, I remember she said, she's like, oh, I got a job at Bloomingdale's doing shoes.
1: I mean, clearly she was shook by this news, right? Like yeah. she didn't expect it coming. She was like, why could she just be honest with me before she got married? Uh, and it was a little back and forth where she eventually tells him, you are unknowable. So, you know. Um... Is that what she said? Unknowable? That's what I wrote down. Is that oh, what yeah. you heard? I,
0: I couldn't. I, I thought she said, you are noble. And I was like, oh, that's a weird thing to say.
1: I don't. But I, yeah, I wrote unknowable, Yeah. And I, I mean, you know, you have some empathy for her. I mean, clearly Patrick is going through a very difficult situation yeah. at a very difficult time. I mean, to be it's coming out. But
0: yeah. Well, I asked you because it seemed Leslie Grossman kind of playing against character because she's usually kind of like the either sassy, goofy, ditzy, funny, loud person. She's kind of the you know her ex-wife at this point.
1: Yeah, she doesn't really have her sarcasm or her like snark that she typically has Mm as a character. So it is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I I, kind of liked it a little bit as a change of pace. It didn't bother me. Because I feel like even in our previous episode we were talking about how she tends to get typecast. Mm hmm Um but so that you know we we get a little background on Patrick. Meanwhile at the uh the the piano bar yeah. Um Gino meets up with Henry who's played by Dennis O'Hare and actually so Dennis O'Hare looks more like Dennis O'Hare than I thought he did in the promo shot. I thought he was going to look totally unrecognizable, but he does have that big Matthew Modine hair Matthew Modine himself. hair. <laughs> he did i i mean as soon as
0: like i don't know that that dennis o'hare i know we've talked about a million times but um that kind of just southern charm that he has uh and his little draw and his when he's having his little cocktail and uh just i love i love the dude
1: uh and he i mean he always delivers quote like his lines with like such a a flair i think Mm -hmm. he said like predators thrive on decadence and excess yeah kind of
0: and even when he said that, I was like, I don't think that's true, but th- I bet you said it. So, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he's just describing how it's like, you know, what a kind of, I guess, difficult time it is to like, what is, they're talking a lot about like, what does darkness really mean? And he talks about them, I think there's a nearby bar where there's like a young man they keep on calling. The whole. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: that, like, that's dark. Someone should be reporting on that. That's,
1: mm-hmm. but. And then, of course, he mentioned a suspicious character comes to the brownstone. And orders men Mai ties, and then lose mm-hmm. with them and they never seem to return. Yep. And so that's where we get the first Mai Thai lead. Um what's interesting too though is we get a little bit of like an interstitial cut as they're having a conversation, we get flashbacks to Patrick back at the condo, where he takes down a some kind of lockbox. Within it it has bandanas and leather and some and- chains. Some chains, and so we know that Patrick. I mean, and obviously, the immediate thought was, well, Patrick was just asking about, you know, the bandanas, and so it's clear to us that like maybe Patrick has been feigning how little he knows about this scene when actually he has more experience than we realize. Yeah, he's got some secrets. He got. I mean, that that's you know, he's a noble. That's that's the theme of like moving into episode two is Patrick. Patrick's got secrets, <laughs> right? mm-hmm um, at another table in the Brownstone, Sam is talking to a prospective actor, trying to get him to take some shocking photos that uh, Theo can take of him. And they, uh, you know, as we said, Sam's going to sell them to high high dollar collectors. He says, it's going to make your career. So that's where we lead into kind we of this uh, dirty photo, you know, business that's happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So Sam's wheeling and dealing inside. Gino leaves, but seems pretty fucked up along the street. His vision starts to blur, and I think we pretty begin to realize he got drugged, maybe roof heat or something, yep uh, at the bar, which uh,
0: yeah, yeah, no, it was kind of like, oh, was it you know, at this point you're like, did did Henry Dennis O'Hare's character do that or you know, because he flagged the bartender and and the and the drink showed up the same time that um Henry showed up. so it's this was, it was a big mystery. I was into it. I would say I didn't want Gino to well, get hurt. Well, we had like
1: a, and we had a waiter deliver the drinks, right? So it's like mm-hmm. when did that happen? You know, I don't know. But something got in his drink. He gets blurred. Somebody starts talking to him, um, and and shoves him in a car. Uh, meanwhile, the actor that Sam is talking was talking to in the bar. I think his name's Freddie. He he goes to this yep. address that's jotted down on a napkin, and at the door is Big Daddy. Now, this is the big question as we move into all these episodes. It's like, Big Daddy's there, so I wrote down here, like, so Theo lied about not seeing Big Daddy, but... Well, is it Big well, Daddy? This is, and is, this is the yeah. question, and this yeah. is and this is the question, and I think we, we can talk about it now. Well, should we talk about it now? I, let's just talk about how we felt at this time, seeing it. Is that Big Daddy was here and, like, somehow Sam is associated with Big Daddy, right? Yeah. And, like, it's unclear whether or not Theo is knows about this.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Exactly.
1: It's but at least in so like I thought that Sam had given him the wrong address or something like they were going to beat the shit out of this guy, but instead it is a photo studio. He is getting his picture taken. It just so happens that Sam, after doing a bunch of coke, um, is going to flip his stool, lube him up, and make him sit on a stool peg, right? And that's the photos that they're going to be selling, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so you know that's that's clearly Sam's kink because then he kind of like tries to use that to vibe with Theo and start you know. And have sex. He's horny. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, Theo's just not into that. Um, their relationship, as you said before, it, it seems like potentially very finance-based.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um yeah, at this point, that's what we that's what we can kind of get the vibe off of. There doesn't seem to be a lot of love there, just maybe a lot of lust. And mm-hmm. financial support. Low little sugar daddy stitch going yeah. on, maybe.
1: Right, and
0: right. Theo seems to be very driven by his photography art um and we did i can't you know he does reference also i wonder if it'll come back um that his grandma liked him the best because he could see things that other people couldn't see so he does have this kind of like artist mind um and that his grandma maybe was a witch and it got passed down to him so here we go supernatural we'll see well and so there's kind of two
1: Two quick scenes to end. One happens back at the bathhouse where Theo has, I guess, asked Adam to come meet him there to tell him that he learned Big Daddy is dead. Right. From Uh, Sam. From Sam. And this is when we get confused a little bit. So then it's like, well, Sam lying to Theo. Uh, You know, I think we just don't have a clear vision at this point in time. Um, But, you know, Adam... Say, you know, is still dealing with this stuff. Sully's still missing at this point. Someone, I think, is it is it Freddie or is it a different person? it's was Freddie. there it's with Leo. Yeah, Freddie. Because Freddie then kind of someone... comes and propositions him, right? And and yeah. he's like, "I'm not interested." So Freddie goes into his steam room with somebody else, and then I think we see Big Daddy appear inside the steam room very briefly, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. hard to tell sometimes what's. It, it seemed like he was actually physically there.
1: Yeah. Um, and then back on the on, on fire, fire island, island, which is where Hannah is, she's directing cops to massacre a herd of baby deer, basically, <laughs> uh, as Patty LuPone sings in the background. And I just wrote my notes like metaphor exclamation point this at this point yep. in time.
0: Oh yeah, let's let's draw like a real hard line between the gays of New York City, the young gays, and the um, the fawns. It wasn't even like a bunch of deer, like a family of deer. It was just fawns, like baby deer (laughs) yeah and as someone who gets deer in their yard all the time there's never like that many fawns just all together it's like two to three fawns tops and like two mama deers walking around maybe it's yeah so anyway yeah
1: but it was so it's so hard this is where we end and that's yeah yeah, and and that's episode one um so i mean looking back on it how did you feel i mean what How did episode one of that in new york city um I, I mean to me yeah. well let me let me say something to begin with which yeah. is i it, i would say for me this is this felt like maybe one of the most understated episodes of american horror story we've yeah. ever had and i don't mean that in a bad way right i just mean it in like especially for our first episode sometimes it feels like they kind of come out and like want to punch you with some of the kind of like I, i'm thinking like a hotel or something like that or, or a coven where it's like they want to punch you with some of like the big kind of flashy glam type stuff and this episode i mean we dove right into the mix it was an interesting creative choice not to even have the credits mm-hmm. because we just right. dove right into the story it's gritty there's that noir aspect in a lot of ways to me it it, it almost didn't feel like american horror story which uh i don't know I, I don't know how i felt about that i like the kind of story it is w- what's your feeling so
0: um i agree uh, we've already discussed like the big like through line from or draw a connection from what's going on with the deer to HIV. And like everyone had theorized that that's what the topic probably was going to be. And it seems like that sure enough, it is that so that aside, I feel like I wasn't watching American horror story and that's a good thing and a bad thing. Um, The good thing is, like I said, with all the new character or the new actors playing these characters, it felt different. And I was kind of surprised and I enjoyed that and not, Like being like, oh, when's Jessica coming out or when's where's Francis at and where's those like like killer lines that they're going to, you know, classic Ryan Murphy snark and sass that comes through. It was nice in a way and refreshing to kind of experience a story without waiting for those types of uh, things. And even Leslie Grossman, who often delivers those, she was a side character. And Patty LuPone, just saying it was it wasn't trying to, like, force a lot of stuff. So I actually did appreciate that. Um, That being said, and this is my question to you to kind of flip it is. If you had watched this episode and not known that it was American Horror Story, but just like a new TV show, would you have treated it differently? Would you have thought like, would you have enjoyed it more or do you have you would you do you enjoy it more knowing that it's part of American Horror Story or do you think it, you know, do you think if it stood alone, you would think less of it,
1: if that makes sense? I feel like I would watch it if I had stumbled across it in a different context. Um I I mean, it is if, obviously yeah. it's after to a move. I think for me, it's like I, partly, I admit that part of why I'm appreciating it is because hey, we're in season 11, you have to come up with new approaches and new concepts. And right. It does feel like something a little bit fresh. Which I appreciate. The last time they I, did
0: this was Roanoke. I feel like Roanoke was like a very, like, different format where they did this and that. This is a little different than that. But sorry, continue.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, it, I get what you mean though. Is it's like kind of like testing out a new, a new kind of approach, new concept, and I don't know. I I felt like it worked, and I'm I'm like curious to follow the story and see how things come together. And, and like we're lear- I'm learning more about this time period about things I didn't really know. Um, about you know what gay culture was like in the you know early eighties and stuff like that, which is a real inflection point for a lot of different things. Um, but meanwhile we have kind of this still kind of dark, if not Amer- American horror story with all caps, like American horror story with horror story in lowercase story happening where we have you know these murders, these these like brutal and grisly murders happening. Um, we have this disease that's preparing to proliferate. Um, and it's, I mean, it's kind of interesting too, even though the, you know, HIV story is like a, a little bit separated from everything else. Like if you're watching this and didn't know what HIV was, like, it feels ominous, right? It feels like a pandemic, some kind of, pandemic something's syndrome. happening. Feel that yeah. In the air. yeah, that's true. That's I kind true. of like how, how they're teamed that up a little bit. Yeah. So, also, I really enjoyed like, it. Yeah. Was I, a- I'll just go ahead and give my whole review is that I really enjoyed it. Actually. I, I thought it was a different pace. Um, a different kind of, like it, it felt more story driven than I feel like we've yeah. been in quite some time and I really appreciated that and I think the acting super helped with that I thought all of our th- like if we consider Adam, uh, Adam Gino and Patrick to be kind of our lead characters really at this point in time um, the, probably if we like were tracking screen time they would have the most time I thought all three did a terrific job yeah uh, uh so I, I give it a rating yeah, I am give, give it four my ties, and a quarter my ties. Four, four and a quarter my ties yeah, that's great i like that yeah <laughs> i'd have to drink my ties from one of these
0: i know i was just thinking that too and i love a my tie. my ties are delicious um i'm not get i would never get a drink at a bar um or get one where the person is normally comes
1: from a slushy machine that's why you need to get yeah. like a, yeah.
0: or like when i lived in california and we would fly to hawaii which is not that often but um they were like here's your my tie." like when you get off the plane it's like this is dope i love this um might has are good uh, I'm, I'm uh, like
1: somewhere where they hand me drinks up yeah
0: <laughs> um i actually really did enjoy this i like the like we talked about this like the the detective noir focus like i love that vibe um you know when tv shows go into that it's awesome one thing we haven't really talked about too much i think the music has been fantastic in this and i think next episode's even better um uh the imagery is cool it's fun it's different it feels like a different type of a show but in a good way in the sense that I'm super on board with it and even this if this was not American Horror Story I would want to watch the next episode in the back of my mind I am thinking like oh my god if this was on HBO it would be so much better it would be so good (laughs) Uh, but you know it's not we're on FX and there this is not bad uh I would give this four Mai Ties. To
1: that to that sense, it does have some kind of true detective vibes now that you say that.
0: Well, next episode, I feel like uh, our director's camera feels inspired by that.
1: Oh, I'm excited to talk about it. How how many Mai Ties did you give? I gave
0: I give ahead. it four Mai Ties.
1: Hey, eight and a quarter of my Tais. That's not yeah. a bad start to the season. And I also wanted to mention the writers for this first episode were Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk. We didn't mm-hmm. see them for the end. Very reserved and Ryan just...
0: and and Brad, I feel like. And I, I, I know, I, know. I think
1: we would give him a little golf clap for that. Yeah. And then director is John J. Gray, who is an American Horror Story veteran starting back, um, I think his first episode with Mr. Jingles in the season of 1984. So he's been around for a bit.
0: Yeah. Um, I liked it. It was good. It's cool. I'm I'm into it
1: here we are welcome to let american horror story in new york city um so we are going to go ahead and wrap this episode before we dive into episode two so as i always want to say thanks to everybody for listening want to uh well i, I don't think i'm even well okay i am going to encourage folks to, to reach out to us on facebook and yeah. on uh email at this american horror story at gmail.com or facebook.com slash this american horror story um Chris, where can people find you between now and whenever they listen to the next episode?
0: (laughs) Right here at my desk. Uh, I'll be on um, Instagram and Twitter, at Chris, you said, Chris with a K. What about you, Tyler? Uh,
1: I will be on those channels as well, somewhat passively. But I'm there. And um, I guess we'll now probably be on YouTube at This American Horror Story Podcast. I don't know. Pre- we know yeah, we, we'll we, see. We need to make a handle. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see if that's available. We'll, well, look, check
0: out our Facebook and while you know, we'll post a link.
1: Yeah, that's right. All right, everybody. Uh, until next episode, happy hauntings.